Welcome to SBRE Capital Matters, the only show focused on the small balance real estate community with your host, Matt Burke. Welcome back to SBRE Capital Matters, the only show anywhere that focuses exclusively on small balance real estate entrepreneurs and high net worth investors. Uh, we're glad to be back. Uh, glad you could join us today. So a reminder, the purpose of the show here is really to try to bring value to both sides of the aisle, the entrepreneurs that originate the assets that the high net worth investors put money into. And in order to do that, we'd like to bring people from a variety of segments of the small balance real estate space to come in and kind of talk about what they do, how they bring value, you know, what's worked, what hasn't worked, and so forth. Uh, as a reminder, I'm Matt Burke. I'm the Chief Investment Officer of the Fairway America Funds um, and CEO of Fairway America, and, and we really focus our entire business and our funds on that small balance real estate space. So today I have a, a colleague of mine who I uh, know quite well and uh, who I've worked with for the last five years, who I'm happy to welcome, Darius Caskey. Welcome, Darius. Thank you, Matt. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, Darius and I have known each other for a number of years, uh, actually going way back to uh, Darius's dad has been in the commercial mortgage banking business for what, close to 40 years probably by now. Yeah, it's got to be. Uh, even as a kid growing up, you know, I was going on inspections and whatnot with him. So I'm 30, 37. So. Yeah, and I, uh, I met Darius's dad when I first moved to Portland from California probably 25 years ago. And in fact, the very first commercial real estate loan that I did in, in Portland was with your dad. He, he helped me arrange through a life company that I didn't have access to a, a first trustee on a, on a multifamily property here in, here in Portland. And so anyway, we've known each other a long time and it hasn't really been formally announced yet. That's kind of just happened recently, but I understand Darius and of course I know all about it, but <laughs> you've been named the president of the Fairway America Capital uh, Marketing Group. So congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. Uh, but tell us, what is Fairway America Capital Markets Group? What does that mean? What does that do? How is that different from Fairway America or the funds? And you know, give us a little color on that. Sure. So the Fairway America Capital Markets Group is really in in charge of, uh, first and foremost, raising capital for the Fairway America funds, which are Fund 6, Fund 7, and Fund 7 QP. Uh, I've acted as managing director of those funds since their inception, and therefore I'm very intimately familiar with the portfolios and, and the strategies of the funds and have been the primary capital raiser. I think as we've uh, kind of shifted a little bit of strategy over the past year or two, uh, and we started raising money for other sponsors around the country beyond Fairway America, you know, we started syndicating individual deals. And as part of our entire strategy of setting up funds and whatnot, uh, looking to do that as well. Uh, we started recognizing there's an entire business model in itself there. And so uh, that's really what the capital markets group is in charge of, is uh, raising capital for the fairway funds, raising capital for other sponsors, and really handling all the investor relations that go on on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, now, my understanding is that the capital markets group, however, is only raising capital for syndications on deals in which fairways funds are actually investing. Is that correct or am I... Yes, no, that's correct. I think that given uh, the power behind the Fairway America funds, the underwriting power, the origination abilities and whatnot, the Capital Markets Group is really set up and designed to piggyback off the expertise we've developed on the Fairway America management group side, which is the manager of our funds. So for the Capital Markets Group and, and therefore for the investors that we 
uh, help to place capital for, uh, they get the benefit of the expertise that the management group brings, which, of course, is you and, and the rest of the team. So I, I know, as you know, obviously, as the chief investment officer of the funds, I'm intimately aware and familiar with what the investment strategy is. And I know that there are a lot of good small balance real estate entrepreneurs out there who uh, may have perfectly good strategies and perfectly good deals and assets, and we may love them a lot, but it might not, for one reason or another, be a, be a fit for one of our funds. Now, if one of those people came to you and they met all the other criteria, would that be something that capital markets group might tackle or is that not something that at this point it would be able to do not at this point i think that that is the direction that we're ultimately heading uh right now the fairway america funds provide us enough deal flow that uh we're comfortable with that being the only source of our deals and of course uh part of it that's challenging on our behalf if the fairway funds have not underwritten it and blessed it we really don't have the expertise behind the capital market group to underwrite that deal and we're not going to burden the management group to do that. You know, part of part of what we run into a lot that the management groups helps to uh, weed through is just the the true platinum sponsors around the country that are doing things correctly as far as the structure, having a third party administrator, hopefully a third party uh, custodian if they have a an actual fund rather than a syndication. You know, they're using technology, things of that nature. So right now, we're only raising money for those that the funds will invest into. I think over time we may uh, deviate from that a little bit just because there are great sponsors out there that are doing a variety of asset strategies that I think would attract investors, but it may not meet the investment criteria of the funds. Yeah, and I think that's an important distinction and one that I wanted to, to see if you can provide a little more color on. I think that there are certainly um, people that fall into the category of not having done as much uh, or made enough, made as much effort as perhaps they need to with respect to building out some of the infrastructure of their SBRE business. And that might include things along the lines of, you know, their reporting capability, you know, how they, you know, underwrite their assets, the matching their asset model, their capital structure and things of that nature. And, And that's one issue. And then there are any number of other people who are very good at those things and may use third-party administration, custodianship. In fact, and oftentimes the bigger they get and the more institutional they look, the more those things tend to be dialed in, right? And of course, those are the things that need to be dialed in in order to obtain rich, uh, institutional capital in the first place. Yes. But they may not necessarily be doing the kind of deals that the fund, Fairways Fund, right. would, would deem something that met its underwriting criteria, and that could be for any number of reasons that are unique in particular to Fairways Fund, right? but not necessarily to the investor base that you on the capital markets group side have have built and continue to build and expand. Is, is that, that That's correct. And I guess to expand a little bit on that and give you where I see this thing going is that, you know, there is a, a differentiation between those that are uh, dialed in on all their processes, structure, admin, things of that nature, investor relations. And as you mentioned, they tend to already be raising capital pretty well, oftentimes through institutional investors. And when that begins to happen, due to you know a variety of reasons, one of which is just a lot more capital chasing deals, they tend to look for assets that are yielding quite a bit less than what our funds would have interest well, big, in. Big, bigger numbers, yeah. gateway markets. Trophy properties, gateway markets, $100 million type office towers at a three or four cap. You know, that's not what SBRE is about as far as 
how we position the industry. That's not really the type of clients that we generally work with. And a lot of the clients that we begin to work with are not even close on the structure and the admin and things of that nature. And it takes them time. Now, those that we work with are often producing quite a bit better risk-adjusted returns from my perspective. And part of the reason is that that market is so fragmented that there are definite opportunities. It's an inefficient market. And so there are opportunities to invest in that stuff. But the challenge is, as I just mentioned, a lot of the people that can execute the actual real estate part of it don't have the supporting components that make me comfortable or make my investor base comfortable to you know put my name or, or the fairway name behind. So that's that's really what we're hoping to accomplish as this uh, division grows out is as more and more people graduate into that uh, level of looking more like institutional managers and sponsors. But perhaps with still some of the small balance real estate strategy of perhaps exactly. being in secondary or tertiary markets or tackling things that may not by themselves be institutional exactly. in nature. Exactly. And, and they can continue to execute their strategy without a need to necessarily put put out just massive amounts of capital that alters their strategy or whatever that may be. So I understand you uh, passed the Series 7 recently um, back in October. How yeah. was that experience like? <laughs> uh, it was... It, it's something I wish I would have done in my early 20s before wife and kid and before the responsibilities of owning the company. But, uh, you know, I buckled down and got through it, but it was definitely a stressful uh, period to try and figure out all over again how to study. I haven't taken a test in probably 20 years, so that so was a lot of fun. So what does that mean th- with respect, practically speaking, to potential uh, folks out there that might be interested in your services at Capital Markets Group? Is it, I mean, now you're, I presume, as a, as a Series 7 licensed registered rep, you're... Yeah. You're affiliated with a broker-dealer? We're affiliated with a broker-dealer, North Capital out of Salt Lake, uh, which is a a great BD for us. And they're really a compliance shop, so it's not a broker-dealer that's raising money, um, which some do. We're just registered reps that have to run all capital we raise through them, including the fairway funds, including the syndications that we do. Um, So what it means is that, for one, there's a lot more compliance uh, than we've had to, to deal with before. I mean, just this morning, I had to draft an email that I want to send to my investor base. And of course, I have to run it through them to get approval on every word that I say. Whereas previously, you were operating under the issuer exemption and not, not, you know, selling securities on behalf of other people and so forth. And and that's that's the vast majority of small balance real estate entrepreneurs that we know uh, that are running their own fund or issuing their own syndications. Are operating under operating under the issuer exemption, correct? And That's correct, and of course, we became serial issuers, and therefore, it was necessary to get licensed. And really, it's it's made us just a per, more professional capital raising shop, and ultimately, will benefit the entrepreneurs and the investors both. Yeah. Well, uh, we're we're at a break, and uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be back with Darius, and we'll dive into some more content here in just a few minutes. So, hang with us. Redwood Real Estate Administration, LLC, is a third-party administration firm focused exclusively on non-institutional-sized real estate asset-based funds, syndications, and managers. 
Redwood REA's exclusive focus on small balance real estate combined with high-touch answers, accessibility, personal service, and full spectrum of SBRE solutions is what a growing number of clients highly regard as the Redwood difference. If you are looking to streamline your back office and professionalize your financial and investor reporting, then contact Redwood Real Estate Administration today at www.redwoodrea.com. Redwood REA, the Small Balance Real Estate Back Office Administration Experts. The Small Balance Real Estate community is growing. Comprised of serious real estate entrepreneurs and savvy high net worth investors, the shared abundance mindset is a bond. SBREfunds.com is where the SBRE community gathers to grow their knowledge and their portfolios. If you are looking for SBRE investment opportunities, educational content across the spectrum of SBRE-focused topics, and an online resource exclusively servicing the flourishing SBRE community, then SBREfunds.com welcomes you. Welcome back to SBRE Capital Matters. I'm here with Darius Cassidy, president of Fairway America Capital Markets Group. And uh, before the break, we talked a little bit about the entrepreneurial side of the SBRE community. So I'd like to change it up a little bit here and let's talk about the investor side of the equation. So as, as listeners probably know, this is really a dual-sided platform that requires the whole SBRE industry, right? Dual-sided in as much as it requires people who are out there originating deals that require money in order to uh, execute those investments. And then the investors, the people who put up the capital, to, to be able to allow the entrepreneurs to do what it is that they do. And so we focus on, on both sides, and it's a requirement. You can't get you know, too far on one side or the other at any point in time. So let's talk about the investors. So, Darius, what are some of the uh, – describe to us, first of all, like kind of who makes up the SBRE investor community largely from, from your perspective and your experience? Sure. So we really focus on the high net worth investor uh, for a lot of reasons. I know that have been covered in various things that have come out of SBRE funds and, and Fairway. Uh, so the high net worth investor, which covers a variety of people, I mean, those can be young people that have had early success and, and or have family money. Maybe they're uh, part of a family office. Those can be people kind of in the middle of their lives. Oftentimes, either high-end executives, attorneys, doctors, and oftentimes uh, entrepreneurs in their own right that are either have built a business that it's cash flowing well, or they've already exited and sold a business and, and have some net worth and liquidity to invest. And then, of course, you have uh, those that are at the later stages of their lives that are looking to invest into things that produce income that they can either live off of and or produce income off their nest egg that they can donate and use for philanthropic reasons. So. That's really who we focus on. You know, of course, that kind of lumps in family offices, and that, that's a slightly different thing, but I kind of lump the high net worth and family office crowd together. So in that community, what would you say is some of the most common or maybe the most common question or topic that tends to come up amongst that group in your, in your uh, working with them? You know, the common question lately is just, will there be another downturn in the real estate market? And of course, the answer to that is, is yes, there will be. Uh, real estate cyclical. So we take that question head on. I think that, you know, people are just concerned about principle and uh, the protection of their principle and, and not really sure how to decipher between different investment types and the sponsors and all the different opportunities that are out there right now for investors can lead to some confusion and, and some nervousness. And, and then, of course, you know, 2008 and the whole Great Recession isn't all that far behind us. 
So that's on people's mind. I also think they ask the question because many of them are heavily weighted in the stock market and they're trying to figure out, you know, how they feel about that. So, so that's really the questions and the type, type of topics that come up quite a bit from investors. And, and then do you end up getting involved in, uh, I mean, liquidity seems to be another question or a topic that comes up quite a bit in discussions with investors, which of course I've had many over, over a long period of time, but does, uh, how do you deal with that? And like, especially as they talk to registered investment advisors or whoever does their yeah. wealth planning, if they have one, which some do and some don't, but, but how do you deal with that whole topic around liquidity? Well, you know, real estate, it just is an illiquid asset. We can't just push a button and, and turn it into cash like you can on different markets and whatnot. So we take it head on. It's not part of the liquid portion of your portfolio that you should be looking uh, to need at any given point. Even if there are redemption abilities, you know, if the market turns significantly, uh, you may not be able to get out of deals. So just because they, an investment may have redemptions, you need to really consider the likelihood of that occurring or your ability to get out of that deal. So, you know, we take it head on that it's not a liquid asset. I, I think because of that, there's a few things that kind of counter it or, you know, complement it however you want to phrase it, you know, it's not as volatile of an asset type as the stock market. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and, and all of a sudden your portfolio of real estate dropped in value by 50% or whatever it may be. Uh, obvious exaggeration there, but you know, it's not as volatile as the stock market. A lot of people tend to like that. Uh, it also, especially in this SBRE space to the earlier comments, it's a fragmented inefficient industry. And therefore the returns uh, relative to say some of the larger investment or real estate investment opportunities. There just are oftentimes, uh, you know, higher yields. And I've always said to people that if you do it right in small balance real estate, my personal opinion is that the premium that you can get on the return is a liquidity premium more than it, than it is a risk premium if yeah. again, done right. So, yeah. And I think there's definite truth to that. Uh, another topic that seems to have come up quite a bit lately is crowdfunding. And so what, what do you, I know that's all happened since the Jobs Act here in the last few years, but what, what's your take on crowdfunding and what does that mean for sponsors and investors? You know, I think it's an intriguing space. It's obviously a lot of the ways in which people buy things is, is going the direction of the internet or already has. When you look at Amazon or just how people buy cars, that's an example. I used to talk about this with, with the rest of the team here a while, even before crowdfunding took hold. That, that's really how people are shopping. You don't just walk onto the car lot and get spoke, talked into uh, a car. You gen generally have done your research and show up knowing exactly what you want, what that car costs and the options. Uh, I think the similar thing can be said for investments, and that's why I think crowdfunding is intriguing. I also think there are definite uh, risks, some of which are starting to be exposed, uh, that you know you have tech companies, and there are good and bad crowdfunding sites. Uh, now, obviously, I'm not going to name any, but you know, you have some that are real technology focused and not necessarily real estate focused and don't appreciate the risks that they may be putting their investor capital into. They, they may not be taking risks with capital themselves, so they don't have as much of a fiduciary responsibility as those that are investing alongside of them. And then, of course, just the way in which things are presented. I mean, I had an investor a week or so ago say to me, you know, why is it that every crowdfunding website I look at has deals that are hitting a 22% IRR. And, you know, my response is, I don't know, I don't know if 22% is accurate or not, but his question was, is 22% the market? 
And I thought it was an interesting perspective because, of course, IRR is not really a market-made uh, number. That's really a number that's made through the financial modeling of what you think an asset is going to perform at. And that number is easily manipulated. And it's difficult for investors to decipher the difference between those investments. So, you know, because of that, I feel like there's a lot of risks that investors may be taking if they're not able to really do the due diligence properly on the assets for their own investment purposes. Yeah, and I would say the to me, there's a difference between crowdfunding and general solicitation and advertising, right? They all kind of got lumped into that same yeah, piece of legislation with, with the JOBS Act. Uh, but crowdfunding kind of is more, you're, you're out you know, actively raising capital for a specific transaction and general solicitation advertising is more of just an awareness, you know, of people actually being available. And I mean, we actually have, we sort of at Fairway embraced that from day one and have seen some fruit born out of it over the course of years because a lot of people, you know, if they start looking into, you know, private at private SBRE or, you know, looking for private loans or whatever, and you, you show up in the past, you could never do that. And then yeah. you, what's your experience been on sort of general solicitation and advertising? You know, when it first started, it was just shocking to me that I remember, I think the first call that I got off the internet, not the first call off the internet, but a uh, early call off the internet of a guy from North Carolina that just said, Hey, I saw your stuff on the internet and I'm ready to invest. And so, you know, of course, I wanted to talk him through that investment, make sure he understood what he was getting into. And uh, we did that. And within a few days, $600,000 showed up in our fund. And it was shocking to me. And, and of course, that guy has been a good investor. We've met in person a number yeah. of times. And he's added on to his investments. He's introduced investors to us. Uh, so it really has taken hold. I mean, to your point, the general solicitation ability on the Internet is fantastic. The technology abilities is is great you know as you know matt just not that long ago you know two years ago when somebody wanted to invest with us maybe it's longer than two years time's flying but we would uh print off the subscription documents somebody would flag the numerous places that the investor needed to fill it out then we'd fedex it across the country with a return fedex envelope and then a week later we'd get it back and of course they would miss a signature too and they have to FedEx it back and forth and it took forever and totally inefficient. Whereas now, you know, we just send the investors a link, they can go on, they fill out the documents electronically, they sign them electronically, they send a wire. The whole process can be done within, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, it's amazing what's happened in, a, in an extremely short period of time. So, yeah. Um, well, we're, we're coming a little bit short on time here, but a couple more questions for you, Dara. So, I mean, I know you have... A, pretty unique view on the whole SBRE space through the relationship with the Fairway America group of companies. And so what is your kind of take on uh, the landscape and the perspective of, of what's going on out there and how does Capital Markets Group sort of see itself and fit into the, fit into the whole picture? Yeah, we definitely have an interesting perspective. I mean, I come at it from both a, a true SBRE entrepreneur. I've been that uh, throughout many, much of my career. Uh, and then also I'm an SBRE investor. So similar to the high net worth people, I'm looking for opportunities. I'm talking with entrepreneurs. I'm getting pitched on deals and funds uh, daily. And so I'm vetting through those, having those conversations, get to see how people pitch. So one part of me, you know, understands the challenges of raising capital and what these entrepreneurs are going through, finding deals, underwriting them, executing them, managing them, uh, so forth and so on. And then on the other hand, I understand the challenges that the investors face when, you know, you're hearing pitches nonstop from entrepreneurs. And if you don't know what you're looking at, it's, it can be challenging to decipher between 
those investment or between the entrepreneurs. So I kind of am able to come at it from both both angles, and I think because of that, it it makes me uh, pretty good at both sides of the equation. So as you know, Darius, I'm a big fan of lifelong learning, and um, uh, of course, that's one of our core values at the company, right? Is learn, learn, grow, adapt, improve, and we're all we're all doing that pretty much all the time. So, what are some of the things that you've listened to or been listening to lately that you can recommend to some of the listeners out there? Yeah, so I, I know you like to ask this question, so I kind of was taking a look at my Audible uh, in preparation for this, and uh, as you know, I'm constantly listening to probably five to 10 books at a time because I can't help myself. But uh, just yesterday, I downloaded Peak Performance, which is a, a new book. It just came out this year. And, you know, the, the opening introduction just hooked me as a couple of young guys, one of which was at the Prefontaine race uh, as a 17-year-old racing against Olympic athletes and kind of at the top of his game. He ran a four-minute, one-second mile and was devastated by it and thought he'd be back because he was 17. And then kind of burnt out and never made that happen. Uh, another guy was 24 in the White House, and people thought he would become the president. He was already working next to the president as a 24-year-old and never made it beyond that point um, because of burnout. So the two authors of the book, book are those two guys, and it's interesting because they're now talking about how you know athletes, top athletes, top business people, top entrepreneurs really maximize their performance and efficiencies and uh, you know do better than most. So uh, that's a book that I just started yesterday, but of course, you know, big book here at, at Fairway is Traction. So I've listened to that a number of times. Just this weekend, I re-listened to How to Be a Great Boss, um, and I've got a number of others that I'm working on. Yeah, one of the uh, books that I've listened to recently that I'm continuing to pour through, and it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty deep slog, but it's uh, Ray Dalio, who yeah, founded uh, Bridgewater, the largest hedge fund in the world. Uh, it's called Principles, and there's just some uh, amazing material in there in terms of some of the things that he's done in terms of you know investment approach, approach to management people. And- yeah, I mean that's an amazing book. That's that's more of a it, it's an interesting book just because he's an interesting guy and you know inspirational guy to kind of or business to at least strive toward you know. And I think for that reason, I really liked uh, the Steve Jobs biography. I've read a few times. Just yeah. you know, there's so many unique stories about the way that he viewed things and approached things. And as an entrepreneur, it's, it's just a fascinating story. So when I'm not feeling like more of the uh, how to on the business stuff, I tend to go to entrepreneurial biographies. I'm also listening to Richard Branson's uh, most recent biography I'm listening to right now as well, which is just full of interesting stories about the numerous billion, multi-billion dollar companies that he's launched over his career. Yeah. I'll have to tackle that one next. So how can people get in touch with you? If anybody wants to, wants to reach you. Uh, you know, email is typically best. Uh, my cell phone's part of that as well, but uh, email just because I travel a lot, and that is Darris.Cassidy at FairwayAmerica.com. That's D-A-R-R-I-S. It's not, that's not Darren or Doris. Doris, or, yeah. Or, Starbucks always or, adventure or. whenever the barista <laughs> tries to figure out my name. There's a period of time I just told him my name was Chris because it was a lot easier. But uh, yeah, so Darris, D-A-R-R-I-S dot Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-Y at fairwayamerica.com. All right. Well, Darius, thanks for being with us on the show today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right. So thanks, everybody, for joining us on Capital Matters. Uh, You can find us every Wednesday morning from 1030 to 11 Pacific time on octalkradio.net. And the shows are available at sbrefunds.com backslash radio afterwards. And I hope you get a chance to take a listen to some some of the fantastic guests that we 
uh, have on here as well. Also, you can send topics, questions, suggestions in to ask at fairwayamerica.com. We've got some great responses from people and a lot of interesting topics. In fact, my last show of the year on the 20th, we're going to just go through and answer some of the questions that people have had. Uh, the last few weeks and, and tackle that here as we as we close out the year. So thanks again for joining us. The only place that focuses on small balance real estate. And, and please remember, when it comes to small balance real estate, capital matters. You have been listening to SBRE Capital Matters, hosted by Matt Burke. To enjoy other episodes, please visit www.sbrefunds.com slash radio. Nothing in this show is intended to be or should be accepted as legal, accounting, or investment advice. None of the Fairway America companies provide that kind of professional service to SBRE entrepreneurs or investors. Fairway America strongly encourages anyone offering or making SBRE investments to work with qualified attorneys, accountants, and investment advisors to help them navigate the many legal and similar issues that are not addressed here.